Seeking for the help of the Lord, I'd like to continue this evening with the series on questions asked in Scripture. And draw your attention to the portion we read, the Gospel according to John chapter 6, and reading for our text from verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? That is our text. The question of our Lord to his twelve disciples, when many others had gone away, will ye also go away? And this then was answered with a question, as it were, implying an answer from Simon Peter, who said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Will ye also go away? What a division there was amongst the disciples, and a disciple is a follower of the Lord, those that were following the Lord at this time. Through our Lord's preaching and teaching, there came to be a division between many and then the twelve disciples of the Lord. And even amongst them, we're reminded twice in this passage that our Lord knew that even amongst the twelve, there was one that would betray him that wasn't really a believer, Judas Iscariot. Now many of the Lord's dear people have been very tried with this searching question. When we realise the worth of our souls, when we see others that do go away, some that have been very high profile people that have written books, Christian books that have been followed, that have been recommended, and then they give up all of their faith publicly, renouncing it, and then turning away and going back and walking no more with the Lord or his people. And it is a searching thing. Will that also be us? And really, unless we are kept, we shall also fall and also go away. But we would remember that the Lord has said that his people are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And we should always remember the ordained means whereby the Lord keeps his people, that it is through the faith that he has given, and through the word that he has given. So we may pay much attention to the word. And I draw your attention this evening to this word. Firstly, in the... Uh, thought to go away what what does that mean how can we apply that today our Lord Jesus Christ in the text here he was there they could see him they could physically walk away from him but how do we apply it today and then secondly why those that went away did so now we're not kept ignorant as to the reasons why they went away. 
And so we look at that in the second point. And then thirdly, why the twelve did not go away, we are told the reason for that as well. But firstly, the going away, how would we apply that today? Some people would just apply it in a, almost a party spirit. Uh, just looking at the externals. If someone was in their assembly and they went away and they went to another denomination, however sound, however right that one might be, uh, and they would look upon them as losing their faith or as going away. But that is not how it is set forth here. The Word of God does not give a whole list of possible denominations or groups of people at all. It speaks of our Lord Jesus Christ, his doctrine, his teaching, his disciples, his way. And really the Lord Jesus Christ is the key centre in, in this matter. Literally they were going away from him away from Jesus of Nazareth, away from him that had been speaking to them. They were turning away from him. And put in the simplest way, that is what it is meant here. Will he also go away? Will he go away from Jesus as the only name given among men whereby we must be saved? Go away from the Lord Jesus Christ to something else, to look some other way. Our Lord said, If ye believe not that I am he, ye shall perish in your sins. There remains no other way of salvation if we turn away from Jesus. There is no hope for anyone that turns away and goes away from the Lord Jesus. But how can we understand that in uh, perhaps a more, uh, in, a, in a practical way? Well, it is going away from the Word of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ here was speaking to them and his Word was the Word of God. It is the inspired Word of God. It's that which we have the record here. And as they went away from him, they were not hearing that word anymore. They were turning away from his word. And that is what is going away, going away from the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word that I speak unto thee, they are spirit and they are life. Our Lord said to, and it was said to the rich man and Lazarus, the parable there, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe, even if one did rise from the dead. And the emphasis is on the word of God. And our Lord Jesus Christ as being the written, the incarnate word, the written word all the same, to go away is to turn away. If you 
and I turn away from the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, blocking them out, resisting them, not obeying them, not believing them, then in effect you are going away from the Lord Jesus Christ. To go away also is to go away from the disciples of the Lord, away from the true disciples. In John's epistles, we read in the first epistle general of John and chapter 2, of those that went away and went out from the apostles. And we read that they went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. And these are the apostles of the Lord. They are those that had been given the word directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. And our Lord said, He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. So to not receive the word from the apostles, again that which is part of the inspired word of God, or from those that are walking in the word of God, that are true disciples and followers of the word of God, it is going away from them. And in that sense, it can be applied where a person would leave an assembly where Christ is faithfully preached, where the word of God is read and preached, and they go to somewhere where it is not read, not preached, not believed, not followed, not esteemed as the inspired word of God, that is the same as going away, going away from the Lord Jesus. So it is, uh, it can be seen in that way separating from the people of, jo of God. John, when he speaks of his uh, in his second epistle, uh, he is very clear in that little epistle about those that bring not the doctrine of their Lord. In verse 9 of 2 John, we, receive, we, we read, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. And it's very clear the doctrine is that which sets forth the Lord Jesus Christ as the true and eternal Son of God. So it is going away as well from sound preaching of the word, depriving oneself of the means of God's grace, uh, separating from the people of God and not sitting under the sound of the truth, forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. It is in that sense we would uh, look at it as going away we could also extend it to the path of prayer, 
restraining prayer, ceasing to call upon God, one of the marks of the disciples, of those that are converted, like the Apostle Paul, was, behold, he prayeth. And men uh, began to call upon the name of the Lord in the days of Enos. And so the other way around, when men who have prayed, have called, have made a profession in that way, stop praying, stop asking of the Lord, stop seeking him, they're going away, away from the throne of grace, away from the only source of power, of help and of blessing. So we need to think of it in, 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 a, in a clear way as applying today, as applying to ourselves. Very often those that do go away, they go away gradually. Here it seems to be a very uh, a sudden thing. But often today it is a, a gradual thing, a gradual uh, reducing the amount of time that they're seen in the house of God or uh, reducing the time that they spend in prayer or neglecting a family worship or private worship. And there's a just slowly going back from any of the ways of the Lord that were once begun in and walked in. Of course, our Lord spoke of the parable of the sower where three of those hearers, they at first did receive the word and continue a little while, at least two of them did. Uh, but then because of uh, the pull of the world or because of temptations and uh, the persecution because of the word, then they went back and there's no fruit to perfection. So it should be a concern with us, same as the disciples, they when the Lord told them that one of their number was a traitor, then they were asking, is it I, is it I? And it should be for us to uh, be careful and watch and watch over ourselves that we don't in these uh, ways go away or go back from following the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to look secondly at the reasons why. Why those went away, why they did so. Now, there's many other reasons that we can find in other parts of the Word of God, but I do want to just confine it to what is in this passage that we have read in John chapter 6. <coughs> the first is that those that were seeking, and they were seeking after the Lord with a wrong motive. Our Lord says in verse 26, uh, when they came, of course the Lord had done the miracle of the loaves and the fishes the day before. He'd done the miracle of walking over the water, which is why they couldn't work out. He hadn't got into a ship and yet was the other side. He'd wrought those miracles and they had taken of the food and the bread, miraculously given and fed their bodies. They'd been sustained by that way. And the Lord said to them, Ye seek me not, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labour not for the meat which perisheth, 
but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Now there are many, many that will start in the way of the Lord, following the Lord in Christianity, taking it up, and their secret thought is that it will profit them in this life. It will give them food to eat. It will give them a house, a home, a good job, a wife, a husband. It will benefit them in this time state. And if that is the expectation when we begin to seek the Lord and begin to associate with him and his people and go to his word, then we are going to be disappointed. The Apostle Paul said, if in this life only we, are, we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable. If we were to go through life and he gave us everything that we have for this life, then when we come to die, we have nothing. We have no new nature, no eternal life, no hope beyond the grave, only earthly, temporal things. And many are like that. Many, most solemnly, even in the ministry, will deceive people and give them the expectation that if they only but follow uh, their church or their way and their teaching, then they shall prosper, the prosperity ministry. And if that is your motive, if that is my motive, and we can ask ourselves how much of our expectation from the Lord is that he is in debt to us. We, we followed him, so, so he must reward us. He must give us good things. Or how much do we really realise that we are sinners and that we're seeking for mercy and we're seeking for eternal life and we're seeking for that which is beyond the grave. And so one of the things right at the very start here, there was a people, even before they heard much of the teaching of the Lord, they had a wrong expectation. And that followed then through in other things as well. They were but men that were uncalled, unquickened, and they only knew natural things. We'll come to that in a moment. But a second thing that was a very evident reason as to why they went away, they were looking for signs. Not only for temporal blessings and temporal things, but for signs. In verse 30, we read, They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? The fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And they're asking for a sign. And we need to go back, have a look at Matthew, and a couple of portions in Matthew, but we just look at one in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 39. The scribes and the Pharisees 
again were asking for a sign. They said, Master, we would see a sign from thee. And this is what the Lord said of them. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And he calls them looking for a sign as an evil and adulterous generation. Really, the Lord had given the sign. He given the wonderful miracle of the loaves and the fishes. He had given the miracle of the walking on water and going the other side when he didn't get into the ship. But they looked completely over that, only taken up with having had the food. And now they're asking for signs. And may this be a real warning to us. Sometimes we can be like this. And in our prayers we might say, Lord, give me a sign. Give me a sign that I'm one of thy people. And as you might say, the hymn writer says, show me a token, Lord, for good. The Lord does give tokens. We're not to rely upon signs. We're not to rely upon something that is supernatural apart from the word and God's blessing to be upon the word. Number one, so minister spoke of someone that saying, said, well, if I'm a child of God, and they said it in prayer, uh, and it was raining outside, let it stop raining. It did. It didn't prove them to be a child of God. And there's some that rely on signs like that that are totally inconsistent with the signs and evidences of the new birth and of the indwelling of the Spirit and the quickening operation of God in the soul. The Lord gives a, a true evidence of a child of God. My sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. That is a true sign, a true evidence. Not just a sign, but something that profoundly affects one's whole life. Not just for a moment, but right through their lives. So they're looking for signs. They didn't get signs, so away they went. They stumbled at his claims. He claimed that he was divine, that his father was in heaven, and they stumbled at that. How many have done that? When the people of God have taught and opened up the word of God and set forth the very truths that are here, that our Lord Jesus Christ is God and man in one person without any confusion. He has a divine nature and a human nature, one person. And that God is one God in three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And clearly set forth that the Lord Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of the eternal Father. He ever was, he ever will be, 
but he has made flesh and dwelt among us. There were those that stumbled at that idea of his divinity, the precious truth of Emmanuel, God with us, God manifest in the flesh. They stumbled at his teaching that he was doing his Father's will and speaking that which of his Father. I came, verse 38, I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. This is the will of him that sent me, that every one that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. They rejected those claims of our Lord to be doing his Father's will and to be that those that are saved are dependent upon the Father drawing them. In verse 44, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. All that the Lord was telling them about himself, about his doctrine, about the way that he converts sinners, they found offensive to that. They couldn't abide these things. They could not receive spiritual things. They were natural men. They started off wanting the loaves and fishes, natural things. When the Lord says that they must eat his flesh and drink his blood, they say, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They interpret it in a natural way. Is like with Nicodemus when the Lord first came to him. He must be born again. And Nicodemus said, how, how can that be? That a man enter into his mother's womb again and be born again? No, those are born of the Spirit. Those are quickened by the Spirit. A spiritual birth. That's what our Lord was saying. And so you have the interpretation as well here, what the Lord is meaning, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It is the work of our Lord Jesus Christ, his broken body, his shed blood, that which is set forth in the Lord's Supper. That is what the Lord was speaking as absolutely vital. That it be the life of a Christian, Jesus Christ and him crucified. They couldn't receive it because they were only looking at it in a natural way, not a spiritual way. They were stumbling at the word and so they went back. They didn't continue in the ways of the Lord. They say in verse 16 that many therefore of his disciples when they had heard this said, this is a hard saying who can hear it. We should always be warned when we find hard sayings in the word of God or things that we cannot understand, that there are many that are offended at that word. They rest it, they twist it 
and it is to their own destruction. And yet on the other hand, what an encouragement. When we think of the account of Philip and the eunuch, when Philip was sent to preach to the eunuch, the eunuch was reading Isaiah 53, and he couldn't understand it. But Philip began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And that word was really blessed to him. And that should be a real encouragement to us. Whenever we come to the word of God, and there's a part we can't understand, to think it may be that the Lord will bless that very verse, that very passage to our souls, and will ever bless the Lord, that he caused us to not go away, but to inquire after him, and to hear the preached word, and to be blessed through that word, and come to know what it means, and to embrace that word, and that hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. So really as what is set forth in verse 63, they run reason why they went away, was because they rejected the words of the Lord, and they rejected the spirit of the Lord. Our Lord says, It is the spirit that quickeneth or makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so we have through this passage the things that are identified as the reason why those that at first were willing to hear the Lord and when he said that he was the bread from heaven, in verse 34, they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And they went from saying that to saying these sayings are hard sayings and they went back and walked no more with them. People can have a willingness at first to have a Bible, to receive the word. But when they hear what the word says and when they hear the words of the Lord, then they don't want to hear them anymore. And they stumble at them, they go away. And as we said in the beginning, to go away from the Lord Jesus Christ is to go away from the only name that God has given whereby we can be saved. To go away, to reject the Lord Jesus Christ is to perish eternally. There's nothing that we have to wait for then but eternal destruction after death. And so... This passage and the reasons why they were going away, you might say, so close they were, so close to the word, so close to the Lord Jesus Christ, hearing his word and then turning away from it. What a solemn, solemn thing that that should be the case. So this, this very searching word, will ye also go away? Will ye also not hear my word again? Will ye not receive my teaching, my instruction, these words of eternal life? Well, the Lord asked this of his 12 disciples, those that were very close to him. Will ye also go away? They had seen all these others going away. Are you going to be the same as them? Or are you going to be different? Is there any difference with you than them? Are you going to follow them? And Simon Peter, he had an answer to the Lord. And so I want to look in our third place 
of the reasons why the twelve did not go away and Peter, he articulates those reasons why. And there are three main reasons. Firstly, he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? Another question, implying an answer that there was no other one than the Lord. They were convinced of that. There was not any option. There was not another one that was beckoning to them. There was not another one that had the words of eternal life. They were convinced of that, the Lord Jesus Christ only. And that's a blessed thing for us to have that persuasion as well. We've not got something lingering in the background that, well, if this doesn't work out, we'll go to that. If we can't be saved by God's mercy, then we'll do a bit of charitable works and we might be saved from that. Or if we can't be saved through the word of God, we'll go on a pilgrimage and maybe God will accept us that way. Or if we can't be saved in the Christian faith, well, there's a mosque down the road or there's a, a temple down the road. Well, we'll see if we can be saved that way. Well, Peter was very, very clear on this. To whom shall we go? There was not even a hint, not even a thought that there was any other. Indeed, as we said at the beginning, our Lord testified, if ye believe not that I am he, that is the Christ, the eternal Son of God, ye shall perish in your sins. So bless the Lord and may the Lord make it so clear to us that we have none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. God has given the name of Jesus as a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. It is the name that was given him at his birth, or before he was born, uh, named by the angel. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. There is a second reason, and that is the Lord had the words of eternal life. Now this is in a direct opposition to the reason why many of them went away. It was the words of our Lord, what he was saying, what he was teaching, that they were offended at. But Peter is the other way. He said, no, it is the words are the reason why we remain and why we stay. They are not just words of man, they're words of God. They're not just words for this life, they're words for that which is eternal, eternal life. Thou hast the words of eternal life. And again, may we ever be persuaded of that. Every word of God is pure. And our Lord said that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The words, as we read here before, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It hath pleased God through the foolishness in the eyes of man 
of preaching to save them that believe. Preaching the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. God created this world by speaking it into existence and he forms anew in the hearts of his people by the word, they are quickened by the word of God, made alive by the word of God. How we should so value the word of God. What a blessing to have it in our own tongue, to understand it, to have it in our hearts, to feed upon it as our bread from heaven. Our Lord said to Satan, man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And when the Lord sent Peter, he said, Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And that is feeding them with the word of God. That is the manna from heaven. And Peter, he is persuaded of that. The Lord had the words of eternal life. Now if the Lord has blessed his word to us, like Jeremiah, he said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. They were to the joy and rejoicing of my soul. If we found the word as a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, inspired word from Genesis to Revelation, then that will be a solid reason why we will not turn away from the Lord. The Lord deliver us from being selective in the word of God from being critical of the word of God, from being wise above the word of God, and bring us to humble ourselves under the word of God, and to bow before the word of God. Let that be our instructor, our teacher. You know, the Lord says a, a very blessed word in, in verse 45 of this passage. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. It's a great blessing to be taught of God, to hear the word, to preach, to read the word of God and the Lord open our understanding to understand the scriptures, to be instructed by it, to be taught by it, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. When in chapter 8 of this gospel, there were Jews that believed in the Lord. They believed that Jesus of Nazareth was the Son of God. And the Lord said to them, If ye continue in my word, then shall ye be my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so he directs them to his word. And those are the Bereans, when Paul preached to them, then they searched the scriptures, that is the word of God that they had, the Old Testament scriptures, daily, whether these things were so. Wherefore many of them believed. Maybe in this reason why they did not go away, and Peter did not go away, be a reason for us as well that we have very high views of scripture, very high views of the word of God and esteem every word of God to be right and true and pure, and be those words that the Lord uses to save a soul. But the third reason was that they were sure 
that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. We believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. How vital, how necessary. We're going to trust our whole salvation upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He must be truly God. The sacrifice that he offered at Calvary, the blood that was shed there, the wrath of God that fell on him instead of his people, the payment that was made, it can only be that Jesus was not just an ordinary man, but the divine man, the God-man, the one that the dying thief appealed to. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He believed that Jesus was the Son of the living God. And to believe in that way with the heart man believeth with the mouth confession is made unto salvation in acts chapter 9 we read of the or chapter 8 we, we, we read of philip requiring of the eunuch before he baptized him a profession if thou believest with all thine heart thou mayest and his answer was i believe that jesus is the Son of God. It is absolutely vital that our trust, our hope for heaven is not on man, but on God, on God's provision and on, on his beloved Son. Not what we have done, but what he has done. Not our good works, but his good works. Not our payment of the debt, but his payment of the debt on our behalf. Not our life, but his righteous, holy, spotless, pure life imputed or imparted to us. Our belief that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God is a reason why we will not go away from him. Peter encompasses just in a few words, a few reasons but they are so powerful reasons. So powerful reasons. And may the Lord give us that same resolve, that same answer. And if we come into situations as well, where it may mean we have many of our friends, many of our acquaintance, many of those that may have begun to hear the word with us, and they go away, and they say, come on, come with us. Don't go along with that foolish things anymore. But that we remain and we stay. Many accounts have been told of those who have been separated in that way and who have cleaved to the word and the Lord most sovereignly has shown a difference. And it is the Lord that makes the difference. He makes a believer and gives him his crown. And maybe some of us, we can think, whether we've been brought up under the word or whether we've heard it later on in life. And the Lord has made this difference. Difference not between the ungodly and the godly, but even amongst those that have, by attendance of the means of grace, have a profession of some sort. They hear the word of God. And yet the Lord has made a difference. He has bid us live spiritually alive. He's not just a 
be a follower, we can go away as it were, just sitting in the pew with no desire, no feeding upon the word, no belief at all, trusting in our own works and our own ways. But may we be kept by the power of God through faith. And may the Lord Jesus Christ be the, the one thing needful. We've sung of it. And, and if that is the case, then we won't go from him. No, the very thought of being parted from the Lord here, parted eternally, will fill us with, with dread and with fear. I venture to say if there is an anxious concern with us, then we are not the ones that will go away and go astray. We value our souls too much. We need eternal life. We're sinners. We need a saviour. We need the redeemer. We need our debt paid. We need that which is set before us in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that is found in nowhere else one was asked once, what has your religion got that others haven't got? And the answer was an empty tomb. The Lord Jesus Christ died and rose again and ascended up into heaven. That is the way the Lord has given assurance unto all men. He hath raised our Lord from the dead. The debt is paid. What a question then. Will ye also go away? May the answer be clear. Clear in our own minds and clear as a testimony before God and before men. The Lord add his blessing. Amen.